All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Positive Friday continues on. Sports 1440, Orders Nation YouTube and Facebook. Thank you very much for listening and watching the show. We truly appreciate it. Thanks for your time. It's always presented by PlayAlberta.ca. And uh, you know what? Hey, uh, maybe you're not in the casinos. You're like, you know what? I can never pick who's going to win or who's going to score. But I like the lottery. 15 mil tonight for Lotto Max. Nice little uh, chunk of change. Uh, no one won the uh, 649 again. It's up to 56 million. Jeez. Take it if you can get it. Hey, the old Kyler Yamamoto of uh, lotteries at uh, playalberta.ca. It is uh, Friday, and that means uh, we get to our uh, big guest of the day, brought to you by Silent Rides Charter Company, one of Alberta's premier bus charter companies. The state-of-the-art motor coaches will take you or your group safely to your next destination. Book your ride today at silentrides.ca. As Olympic gold medalist, Lori Ann Munzer uh, joins us, as she always does, uh, every Friday in studio. And, uh, Lori Ann, a few things I want to touch on uh, today. Um, Obviously, this will be right in your wheelhouse, of course. Um, Well, you told me the number. I didn't know the number. But uh, 147 days, of course, uh, an Olympian would know that. 147 days till the Olympics from now, right? So just under six months. And when you look at it, like a lot of athletes still don't know if they're going to the Olympics. Is that good? Like, can you is is looking that far out good, or are they more focused? I know you have to qualify, right, in all different disciplines now, mm-hmm. but there are some disciplines that you can qualify, but depending on how many spots are available, you still don't make it. So, what, or you still won't know if you're going to make it or not. So, how does how does that psyche work when you're under six months and you're still like, geez, I'm not sure I'm going yet. Exactly, it's a huge 
thought, it's a big thought that goes through your mind because it's also part and parcel of the preparation because you've mapped it out. You know about a good nine months, if not 12 months, what it's looking like, the qualification process, because that has to be set out. And then all of your planning and your preparation is set for that. Now, here's the interesting thing. Going into the 2004 Athens Olympics, my coach told me I was going to have two peaks, one at the games, and then that was August. And then the end of May, I was going to have my first peak. Yeah. Really? You can only have one peak in a year. Like you can have so only one. So how can you have tr- two then? Well, I just bought into the idea. Oh. So this is also something that you have to think about too, right? As you're working with your team, as you're okay. working with your coach, as you're getting out to the events, maybe World Cups, uh, Grand Prix, whatever the events are, and setting it up. And you really literally have to work it backwards. You also have to work the emotions backwards. You have to work the thinking going Okay, we work it in chunks and segments. You, you can't look at the Olympics when you don't even know who's qualifying. There may be two spots. There may be four, you know, athletes going for those two spots, or there may only be one spot. And sometimes it's only one spot. Now, I know in cycling, sometimes what they do is they double up the riders for like one rider for two events. So Mm -hmm. multi-sport, multi-discipline. But then you also have to think about going, okay, what does my thinking need to be? Where does my head have to be? And what am I looking for? Because you don't want to get too far ahead where you lose track, you lose sight of what's the goal. Number one is to qualify, secure that spot. And then you got to go and, and do that mental dump go and celebrate, you know, do whatever it is that you you need to do. And then you have to do that reset and come back and go, all right, we're looking for the next milestone. So it's always brought into chunks of, of going, where do I need to look? And you break it down into, into segments. So he told you you're going to have two peaks and you're like, okay, I believe him. Um, did he tell you after the fact why he said May? Was there something about May? Well, May was the world championships. Oh, okay. So okay. that was... That was that was the defining moment. Is there's there was twenty two women, but they're only taking I think it was twelve. You had the world was, championships in May in the same year, the Olympics. Yeah, and that was they part of the qualifier. That? I'm not really sure. I, oh. I was trying to check mm. out what the yeah. cycling process was, but to get to the world championship, odd to have both. Doesn't it? Um, for cycling, no. Uh, okay. Worlds is every year. Yeah, I knew that. If it's post Olympics, it's the major event because it'll oh, go. Oh, maybe that's what it's the ones that happen after the Olympics. They already don't do it. Okay, that one. Because be then sense. you have Commonwealth two two years later. Right. Pan Am's three. Okay. And then Olympics is the four year cycle. Okay. So yeah. So I mean, I bu- I just bought into the idea, uh-huh. going okay. Here's the training, but I could see it, and it was going up the mountain to the pinnacle being the Olympic Games. And it's like, you had four World Cups. I attended three of them because it's based on points. Yeah. And then if you can get into the World Championships, and then the World Championships is a selection for the Olympic Games. It was back then. Yeah. Now, I know that a lot of the, um, you know, the, the sports, they, they, you know, some of them are just based on time, right? You have to reach a certain time and that gets you in and then it varies. The, you know, less than five months now, like it seems like a short time, but it also can seem like an excruciatingly long time because uh, your mind can start playing tricks. You know, you know, oh geez, like I'm not going to be ready, or I'm, I'm going to, you know, uh, because I know, you, like, how do you? Everybody talks about wanting to be your best at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Easier said than done, 
Right. So what do athletes, because a lot of them talk about the experience of the first time going and they learn from it. You know, some of the great ones are able to win right away, but it's pretty low in any sport, Um, especially because a lot of athletes are younger. Then they just get stronger and better four years later. But what was the one thing, having gone through it, that allows you to be as close to your peak? Nothing ever guarantees that on race day you'll be 100 percent your best. But like, how do you time it so you can be theoretically at your best leading into that two-week Olympic? All of it is leading up into the preparation for the Olympic Games. And what I did was we took each, like the world championships and the leading up into it was getting mentally prepared as well as physically prepared. I was also working full-time as well. But then before that, it was leading up into the World Cups. Um, You're always using those events as your pre-trial run of what am I doing and then how did it work taking a look at it what do I need to adjust what do I need to change what do I need to completely get rid of and and replace with something um I was always thinking about because I had to work we worked my training schedule around the work so I was training before work I was training after work we had double trainings on the weekend um the joke was I used to go to work to rest because I sat which was great because I could give my legs a rest I was also thinking about what it was that I wanted to be doing when I was on the bike or when I was in the gym. And it's just, you've got to think about what is it that you want to accomplish and be in those moments when you're at the events in preparation for it. And then execute it when you're there and just go, okay, this is the Olympics. I mean, we've talked about it before, like with spec, a little different in cycling than it is with NHL. Right. Um, But you're always trying to figure out what is the best combination what do i need you know what do i need food wise uh rest wise where's the equipment do i have all of my equipment you know we traveled with two bikes we traveled with a set of rollers we had extra wheels we had extra uh tires thank goodness right you know you blow a tire and and you got to glue them on they take 24 hours um then you got to use your training wheels. So what are you doing? And you think about all of those scenarios of now. Does each do you? Would you change your own tires? You do have like a mechanic who does that for you. Well, sometimes I had a mechanic, and sometimes I was the mechanic. Oh. Um, it all depend on what the event was. Sometimes we had the support. Like at lot. the Olympics, I assumed you had a mechanic. Uh, I had a coach who was also a mechanic. Oh, okay. Uh, but typically, I did all my my own mechanics. I had one set of racing wheels. I had my training wheels. The unfortunate part was setting up in the semifinals, I had both of my disc wheel, racing wheels, tires blow, which meant I was out a set of wheels because it takes 24 hours for the glue to set. Otherwise, you roll the tire off, which is is catastrophic. And I went, oh, crap. Now what do I do? And sometimes this is part of the scenario and part of the preparation is thinking about, what am I going to do if this happens? Right. What am I going to do if that happens? I never even considered what would happen if my training wheels were the only set of wheels that I had if, if my training if, if my racing wheels blew up, like if I blew a tire. I didn't blow one of them. I blew both of them, the front and the back, and I'm going... How'd you blow your tire? Um, well, I found out there was only one uh, sewing on the inside where there should have been two sewings because there's a case around the tire of oh, silk. Okay. And so it's basically a, 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 like mouth, a, a malfunction. Yeah, lemon of a yeah. Now, now, I want to get away from the Olympics for a second just because we just had the Scotties, and of course, now the Briar comes up. And Curly, you know, we, we, you know what? Uh, there's obviously a lot of pressure. It's a team sport 
that has a lot of individualism inside the team sport, right? Like when you're throwing your rock, yes, you know what? Uh, they'll help you. Okay, we we'll want you to aim here and we'll help you sweep a bit. But you still, as the thrower, have a lot of pressure on you, especially the skip because there's way more rocks and it's, you know, it's late in the end. You can't salvage it, all those sorts of things. Um, when you watch curling, I, I know you've worked with some some curlers. How different, if any, is the mental preparation in a sport like that because, like, in, in hockey, a lot of it's reaction time. Like, you just got to make a, a millisecond decision. In curling, sometimes you're like, you got a lot of time, you know, and sometimes time can be your enemy, right, where you overthink, right? So is it different? For, like, it's got to be different preparing for that sport than it is, like, you know, football or where there's a lot of just instant, I got to make a right decision right now. It is. Like, in hockey, in football, in soccer – You've done the training, you've done the drills so that it becomes automatic so that you're not thinking, you're responding versus having to react so that it it does come automatic. In curling, you've got to figure out what it is that you need while you're waiting so you don't blow the energy bank, literally. Mm -hmm. And it's got to be a reset every time. Like when you get the rock and it's your turn, you're in position and you're ready to unleash the rock, not too hard, not too slow, but just right. Uh And it's got to be the right way. It's what am I thinking? And again, it's part and parcel of doing this beforehand. So it's preparing, but then it's controlling the energy while you're waiting. And that is the biggest game is what do I need to do? Yeah. The, Controlling your energy, I find, is an interesting one, right? Like, in in a physical sport, you don't want to let your emotions get the best of you. But at the same time, like, if you're, you can just run out sometimes in hockey and just, and hit someone and be like, okay, I'm in the game, right? Mm -hmm. In curling, though, you've got to, how much is it is breathing? Oh, it's everything. It's everything. It's the same thing, even when you're sitting as a hockey player, like, you're on the bench, you're waiting. You've got, again, to control it. It's in a different way because you've got a shift to go out and do. In curling, there's a lot of waiting and watching. And what are you doing with the mindset is, are you thinking about, okay, if I was in this position, what would I be doing? How would I be throwing the rock here? How would I be sweeping it, right? What am I seeing from this end versus the throwing end? And it's, you know, even in cycling, it was one of the hardest things. What are you doing in between the heats? You're waiting. Sometimes you've got 20 minutes. Sometimes you've got five minutes. Sometimes you've got three minutes to reset. And that what you're doing is so vital and important. You prepare, you do that, you practice it in practice and in training so that when it comes to game time, boom, then you know what you're doing. How can I do this better? Where do I need to be? If I've got the elevated heart rate, what do I need need to do to bring it down? I like the uh, the mental side of it for sure because uh, you know it's it's not something honestly. When, no, I was never an elite athlete by any stretch of the imagination, but you know played sports at decent level, and none of that stuff was ever talked about. So I have I have a texter wondering in when do you think Lori? How would you know if your young son or daughter is ready? to learn the mental side of athletics? I think they're ready at any point. It's how we as adults would approach it. Okay. And if you approach it like a game, hey, if you were in this situation, how would you do it? Mm -hmm. Or if you had two opportunities to do this situation, what would A be and what would the B be? What are the two scenarios? How would you come up with it? Let's play a game. Right, A friend of mine, he built a rink for his kids. 
they took milk jugs, empty milk jugs, filled them with water, and did them with the color red and yellow. Right. And that was their rocks. Right. They yep. made it a game. Mm-hmm. But it, but if you make it if you make it a game, the kids go, oh. And they've seen that situation at least once in their mind. And then if they go out and do it, they've already had that experience, even though it may not be physical. I like it. Lorianne, great stuff. Uh, have yourself a fantastic weekend. It'll be uh, 140 days to the Olympics when I talk to you next. You betcha. Have a good weekend. Thank you. you. That's uh, Lori Ann Munzer, Olympic gold medalist. Uh, 833-401-1440. We're going to hear from uh, the uh, head coach of the orders, uh, Chris Knobloch, uh, explaining his uh, decision for goaltending this weekend. Also, uh, Vincent DeHarnay, who... Uh, Made a made a statement that he there was one specific area of his game he really wanted to improve this year. Had a few months. Where is he at on that? We'll get to that and more on the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca coming to you live in the Ewell Studios. E W E L We return on a positive Friday. Jason Gregor, Connor Halley. Man, I'm in a good mood today. And Florida the weekend. Lots going on, man. Exciting time. Lots of hockey games, a coaching. Oh, hey, playoffs, man. Kids are fired up. You love it. It's always good. A little, uh, little extra excitement. So it's either going to be jubilation or devastation. There's, there's really no line in the middle sometimes, which, uh, which makes it great. So, uh, I like it. Uh, hope, uh, you having fun whenever you're doing this week. Skiers are loving it. We got the ski report coming up a little bit later on, but 33 centimeters in marmot. The last few days, they are finally, they are loving it in, uh, marmot. So if you've been hesitating to go, eh, now's the time you might want to go. So. I think it's the, uh, I think it might be Jasper, like whatever, the junior, uh, I think it's a junior Olympic thing going on uh, this weekend in uh, at Marmot, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, still lots of time to go skiing. So get out there, enjoy it. Uh, let's get to the oil report now, brought to you by VolvoCarsEdmonton.com, where, as always, great deals, great service. Uh, if you're looking for the... Uh, XE90, the uh, fully electric vehicle. They're on order for 2025. You can get one now at uh, VolvoCarsEdmonton.com. As uh, Alan Mitchell, host of The Lowdown, uh, noon to two on Sports 1440, joins us. LT, how you doing? I'm very well. I, You know, one guy who always notices I can always count on giving me the updates from Jasper is Mark Spector. He, oh, like, yeah. won... One snowflake, and he's all over it. I love that about him. He's he obviously obviously loves it out there, and why not? It's awesome. Yeah, no, that's uh, he does love his skiing, right? Uh, which is which is good because it's one of the few things where he can wear his glasses and uh, no one notices. So that's why he likes it. He can actually see down the hill, right? So and, it does, and, it, and his ski helmet is infinitely better than his hockey helmet. That oh, I, there is no. I love that hockey helmet, discussion. man. That's a throwback. Yeah. Love it. So Al, I have an article coming out uh, right here in a few moments at uh, OrdersNation.com where uh, I am. I've you know, talked to a lot of people. Um, I've dug like, well, one thing I can say for certain, the orders are out in defense, but like, that's, that's not like, Ooh, wow. Shocking. But, um, and for a few reasons, like I know people say, well, they can play Broberg. Yeah. But most teams, if you believe that you can go on a deep run, which the orders do, you want eight defensemen, right? And, yeah. and they don't want to play camper Deneen, no offense, 
come playoff time. So, uh, you know what? Whoever that's going to be, I don't know. Is it Edmondson? Is it Bogosian? Is it somebody different? Maybe. Um, we'll see. But I think a defenseman for sure. I still think there's going to be room possibly for two forwards. I think if you oh, look, wow. you look back at their, at their lineup last year, they really haven't replaced Bukestad or Costa, not only in their production, because they were productive guys in the playoffs, but their size out. Like the Oilers have replaced them and they're much smaller there. I, I'll be floored. Based on all the trades Ken Holland has made, and I counted them, every deadline he's made at least one trade. And the only year he didn't make two is because it was COVID, and you had the delay, delay guys, and you had to quarantine him to come in, right? And that's the year he took yeah. on Kulikov. Other years he's made three trades, three trades, and two trades. So I'm saying it. I am. The, I think they're going to get three players. What about you? Well, I think that I've said, you know, uh, hopefully three, but I've said two. I know they. You're, he always trades for a defenseman at the deadline when yeah. he's a contender every damn time. So that's happening. We don't know if it's second. I don't think there's one out there, honestly. I think CeCe's the guy. I think they'll get a good seventh, maybe a Bergosian. And then, uh, you know, it it depends really. Like, I, you've talked about doubt enough that I'm a believer now. And I also think that Henrik is a good uh, option. Um, but if, if, you, if you do that, then maybe you don't do a winger. But I think they do need a second-line winger. Um, so I'll say two, three is aggressive only because of the money. Yeah. But Holland's pretty creative. So maybe he can find a way to make it work. Yeah. Like the reason I say three, Al, is because I went back and I looked, um, the, the orders, if you're going to bring in a, a depth winger, like a fourth line guy, I don't think he's going to have a huge cap it. And it means that they would like, and I'm just using an example, but you could say, okay, take Sam Gagne back and the new guy we get, like we're only maybe adding a hundred K. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Cause there's right. lots of 800 and $900,000 players around the league, you know? And Hey, remember last year, the order, I think it was 4%, right? They, they only wanted 4% of Ekholm. So you, they might, Hey, you know what? You're going to retain 4%, which on a, on a, like that, some guys like, okay, fine, whatever. You know, like they're not going to yeah. have to add more for 4%, right? So I, I really think that, that it's, that's one in one out. The defenseman they have cap space for anyway. And then it comes down to the other trade where they basically have about 1.4 mil. So, you know, you have to work that around and keep in mind that that's 1.4 of cap space today, which of course means it's more. So it's a little bit higher of a cap hit. So I actually do think I've crunched all the numbers. I do think it would work to get three. It just means that you're going to move one guy off the roster, which I think is going to happen for sure. Do you, do you, are you talking like, are you talking about like a McEwen or a, a bastion type on the fourth line, a big guy who can thump? Oh, I think that's what they want. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, no, I'll say the example because I've used him, but Beck Malenstein's another one for sure. Now he's an right. RFA and they might want to re-sign him. But yeah, you know, Bastion's a good example. I haven't even looked at him, but I like, I know his numbers. So yeah, he makes sense. Like McEwen's an interesting one for me because like I get mixed reviews from some scouts. Some scouts think, you know what? This guy is exactly what you're going to want. Other scouts feel, you know what? Hockey sense at times, not great. But then I'm like, well, that's kind of clean costing, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's and it's fair. Also, I, I like the, the. I can't remember how fast either of those guys are, but if you can get a get big guy who, I'm not saying he has to like you know outskate McDavid. I'm saying that they're you know the, the owners are a little older and a little yes, slower now, especially on, the on their fourth line. Yes, I agree. Yeah, so if you could get a guy who could scoot and thump. Then, then you know, and I mean, obviously, not get outscored like mad, but yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. If that player is out there, then, then especially because you don't watch Vegas, God, you know, they're they are they're gigantic and they win 
I, I'm a Bruins fan. I know how tough and strong they are. They're, Vegas wins board battles, Jason. Holy crap! Nah. You need somebody who's like can can win one or two because they're they're pretty fierce along the wall. Well, I looked it up last year. So Vegas, all of their top twelve forwards had at least two goals and five points, five on five in the playoffs. Amadio had Amadio had as many goals as Stone, five and more than Jack Eichel. Right now, Jack Eichel played really well. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just trying to prove my point. Like, you got to have some guys contribute. Now, the Orders have more high end offensive talent than Vegas, obviously, right? Like McDavid, Dry Settle, they they can eat a little bit more. So maybe you don't need every guy to have two and five, but they can't have guys with offers. Is all I'm saying. Right, you can't have yeah. that many guys with offers uh, for four rounds if you want to go four rounds deep, and then obviously you need them to be, as you mentioned, you know, guys who aren't getting outscored, right? And that's where where I like Dowd because you know I saw some people, um, you know, mention, oh, Dowd's on a heater this year, and I'm like, he's played 481 NHL games, Al. I think that's a pretty good sample size. In yes, 481 NHL games versus elite players, he has a 56 percent goal four percentage. Yeah. Against, and that's just elite players. So, yeah. you know, he's outscored them 52 to 40 in his career. It's not just a one year heater. Like this is a guy who can handle minutes against the other team's best players and not, and, and not only not get outscored, but outscore them shockingly enough. Yeah. yeah. And the, the, the key for that is, and you see it all the time with the owners. They're, they're bringing Leon out and Ryan does a really job, a good job on own zone faceoffs too. But you get that guy, and then all of a sudden there's an ease of the roster where you're not having to specialize guys who, who you might want to have, uh, you know, the next shift, an offensive zone start for. So it just gives the coach more ability to do some things. I like Dowd. I don't know what he's going to cost, but I, I read somewhere that if Washington loses tonight, they'll be a seller. So maybe – Maybe we have something to talk about on Monday when you're on my show. Jason. Yeah, well, I, I can like, be here. Yeah, well, I, I'll say this. I now I do know there's going to be a lot of interest, but I just I look at Edmonton and no one can say that Ken Holland hasn't been aggressive leading up to the deadline. Like all you got to do is look at the track record. Right. I'm just talking yeah. specific at the deadline. One year was Athens, CU, Green and Ennis. Now, nobody knew that time that there was going to be a COVID and everything was shutting down. So after, you, you can't ignore COVID by saying, oh, yeah, they gave up two seconds for Athens, CU. Yeah. And does, did they know that Mike Green was not going to be comfortable playing in a bubble? No one knew it because no one even knew what a bubble was. Right. Like, right. so it's, it's hard to, to analyze after. So I'm only analyzing what was his mindset at the time. He went out and said, okay, and they, and the orders, let's be honest, Al, and in, in uh, trade deadline in four years ago with 2020, they weren't a cup contender, right? Like they were just no, looking to, to, to get better and get to the playoffs and whatever. And they did. Then he added Kulikov. You know, not a huge move, but they added somebody because, and COVID again played a factor because Canada was in the Canadian division. You had a quarantine for 10 days, whatever the hell it was at that time. So it's not ideal. Then the next year, right? He goes out, makes two moves, right? Uh, Kulak and, uh, name the other guy escapes me. And then last year he made three trades. Cause remember, I think people forget convincing Carolina to trade to to take all 3 million of Yesopoliarvi was huge and just yeah. take a pros, just take a guy off their 50 man roster uh who who Patrick Pistola or whatever his name was and never played here that allowed them to then go get uh Ekholm right uh with the Barry deal and then get Nick Bukestad like that Poliarvi trade I don't think anybody I think sometimes people overlook how shrewd of a move that was yeah, and, and also, if you look at the, uh, and I don't have it in front of me, but I'm going to guess the three best tread deadline deals ever made were 
uh, Sather in 87 getting Ken Nilsson. Low in 06 getting, we'll say Dwayne Rollison, but he got others as well. And then the, the Ekholm deal. Ekholm deal changed this team. People forget what they were like before that second pairing, which is, you know, basically a co-number one pairing now. Matthias Ekholm changed this team. Mm-hmm. He absolutely flat out changed it. Team. You look at his goal share at five on five since he arrived here. It's enormous. And so, like, you know, whatever else Holland does trade-wise, his two biggest moves, best moves, were signing Hyman and acquiring Ekholm. And they were both massive, massive contribution and building block moves. Yeah. And, I mean, I think he probably will try to hit a home run again. I don't know if it's out there, but that was a hell of a get getting Ekholm. Oh, gosh, yeah. And it, because it, it, Ekholm can be there for three runs, maybe four. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the orders are hoping it's going to be four for sure. So uh, Al Mitchell joins us here on Sports fourteen forty. You mentioned Washington, Al, and and even Philly, right? Like, so let's say Philly lose. Like, if Washington wins tonight, I'm still not sold that they won't sell. But it puts them closer. Then they got Arizona. Then they got Pittsburgh. Right. So they yeah. could wait even till they want until next Thursday or Friday if they want to. Philly's the interesting one for me. If they win tonight. I, they might trade one of their D-men. I just don't know if they'd want to neuter their entire team when they've already got some guys on the blue line injured. Yeah, and I, it it Sealer's interesting as the seventh guy. The only problem with that is what, what the cost, what the yeah. price point would be for Edmonton. Uh, I don't, I don't see, I don't see them do. I, I maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see them replacing CC with Walker. That's just my opinion. I don't see that happening. Yeah, no, I I would agree with you. I, I think. And the other thing is, I think they might feel there's more of a likelihood in re-signing Sealer, right? right. Um, Frank Frank on our podcast uh, told me that right now the Walker camp thinks they're going to get five mil, and I, and I and at first I was like, pardon, like did I mishear that? Five? He's a 22 point defenseman who's really had one good season as a proven NHLer. No, I get a dangerous contract. Oh, like I get that he wants five, Al. Who wouldn't? And there's nothing wrong with asking it, but man, if a team was willing to pay that. Oof. That would be yeah. that would be instant signing regret. That's what that yeah. would be. And I and, and I like I go back and I know I'm 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 either preaching to the choir or causing ire everywhere. But I, Cody CC has value, and in that second pair, he plays big minutes, maybe too big. But I, until I see an obvious upgrade and a player who can you know thwack and play a, a rugged game like CC, <laughs> then I think you you stay the course. You, you yeah. keep your powder dry. There's nothing better out there. Like if Adam Larson's available, Jason, yeah. Oh, well, but of I course. Well, he's I not coming to Edmonton because of his unfortunate uh, passing of his father here. You know, right. I, I think honestly, if Adam Larson was a UFA, I could see him saying, you know what? Okay. I'll come there um, for, for that stretch. And you know what? Mom won't come and visit me, but it's three months. Right. right. It's, it's for anybody who missed it. Uh, the reason Adam Larson ultimately chose not to come back to Edmonton was because his father died unexpected here. His, his mom was right there when he passed away and she it was just too hard for her to come back to Edmonton. And she told her son that. And he said, you know what? I want my mom to come visit me when I play in the NHL. So I'm going to sign somewhere else. And yeah. I don't think anybody can hold it against him. The fact that, you know, and, and really that I, I think sometimes people miss that when they when they do their overall evaluation of Ken Holland and you know, there's some people that are just negative doesn't matter but Ken Holland has rebuilt a team when he lost two of his top three defensemen for nothing and really no fault of his own 
Adam Larson yep. and Oscar Clefbaum. Name another team that has that happen, and then you're still finding ways to be competitive. Because he would have been able to, had those two kept, he would have been able to move different assets for different pieces. Yeah, and also he would not. He like he and, and I, I I get upset about this because people refuse to acknowledge it. He would not have had the same restrictions when he was negotiating with Darnell Nurse because he would have had platform. He would have been able to say, okay, well, we'd like to get Nurse, but if it's not possible, we might be able to trade him. You need to have a stud left defenseman. If Clefbaum were here, he could have approached the negotiation with Nurse a lot differently than he did simply because Nurse was the guy uh, to play the top minutes until Ekholm got along, and Mir still plays top minutes, and you have to have that player if you're going to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. So, a lot happened because of Clefbaum and Larson, and what happened to them on this team. And he did play catch up. There's no doubt about it. Trying to address the defense, and that left side of the defense, Jason, is very strong. Yeah, and hey, that that doesn't mean Ken Hall is perfect. No GM is right. Like obviously the 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 uh, the Jack Campbell signing, not good, right? The, the Connor Brown signing, less than not good uh, at mm-hmm. this point. So you know, you can't you can't argue that. But then you have to look like Zach Hyman is going to go down as one of the greatest free agent forward signings in the salary cap era. There's no question about it. Yeah, the the other thing is, and I and I say this with respect, and I'm not trying to make people angry, but until I see somebody come up with uh, a, a, the number of big mistakes that you can make as a GM that is a bridge too far, then all it really is doing is you're saying you're mad because your your team has, is in the hole. But every general manager who spends more than six months in the job, and some who spend less than six months in the job, makes mistakes. It's that's the nature of free agency. You know, yes. Zach Hyman was a great player for the Oilers, is a great player for the Oilers, but the expectation of Jack Campbell was also that he was going to be able to come here and play at least adequately. Didn't happen, but that's the bet you make. And and every GM who has been in, certainly a five-year run of the team, he has a backstory that has some good and some bad, and that is the case with Holland. Al, have a great weekend. What's, right. uh, what's your prediction, Oilers, uh, Seattle, Pittsburgh weekend? I think they're going to go. Uh, I think they're going to win both of them. Mm-hmm. All right, all righty, Al. Maybe one in overtime. I don't know. Maybe the maybe the Seattle game in overtime. Oh, okay, they kind of beat Seattle for fun in Seattle historically. So <laughs> they do. So we'll see. Yeah, but Seattle beat Boston, right? So yeah, now I'm worried. Oh yeah. All right. Well, they beat Pittsburgh last night. Yeah, they did beat Boston once too. Yes. Boy, um, Pittsburgh looked. I, oh, I, they I looked awful. Jeez, Evgeny Malkin, that's the least impressive game I've ever seen him play. Yes, honestly, like, I'm like, is this guy hurt? Like, and then I looked at his numbers, man, for the last two months, not a whole lot happening. Like, Sidney Crosby's playing unreal for Pittsburgh, and Malkin is doing the, they're at the opposite end of the spectrum right now. It has not been a good year. Like, I wonder if he's playing banged up, because if he's not, oh my goodness, like, it's like the wheels have just completely fallen off. Yeah, somebody should trade for Crosby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could you imagine if if he was available? God, there'd be a long oh, list. Oof. Oh my God, he'd sell the farm, the whole farm team, just send nope. it over. And that, honestly, yep. I think Pittsburgh should consider it. I think they should. Well, it'd I get, be a great time to do and, it. And I get that Sid he owns it and he says he doesn't want to, so it's a, probably a moot point. But I could see how I, I would try to convince him if I was the GM. Man, you've done everything in Pittsburgh. They're going to love you forever. Yeah. But and if you love yeah. the organization as much as you say you love it. Let us trade you because that'll help us. So we're not going to be absolutely dung for the next 10 years because that's eventually what's going to happen. 
that trade of this deadline, because it's so wide open, Jason, they could get the sun, the moon, and the stars. And they get two years for them. Yep, exactly. There you go. Al, have a great weekend. You too, sir. Bye-bye. It's Al Mitchell, uh, a.k.a. Low Tide, noon to two here on Sports 1440. We'll come back. I've got a lot of texts to get to, 833-401-1440. The Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 351 Sports 1440, Orders Nation YouTube and Facebook. Welcome back uh, to the show. God, I love the passion of uh, of sports fans who listen to this show. Oh, it's unreal. Ah, just... Hey, guys, Edmonton would be a, a cup champion with Larson. The last two years, we're missing his brand of defensive stability. I'd sell my left nut to bring him back. <laughs> I don't know why that last comment just uh, got me. That was from uh, Showtime. <laughs> uh, what's interesting is, though, like, there are some fans who might actually go through with that. I'm not even joking. Like, some people get really committed, man. They get very, very committed. Hey, guys, uh, Nurse and CC are fine until they aren't. Then it really shows. Usually they both make a, a, a bad play and it looks horrible, but for many of the other minutes of the game, it's solid from nails. Here's the thing. I think this year, like November to January, Darnell Nurse was fantastic. I thought he was that. You go back and watch those games again. He was outstanding. February had a little bit of a blip. If Darnell Nurse gets back to how he played in November to January, and he plays that way in the playoffs, that's a massive, massive advantage. Like, honestly, if he plays like that, you can ride that pairing. Because he has to be the guy who carries that pairing. No question. It's just it's just how it is. Right? And he'll need to be a guy that not only carries that pairing, because they mix and match different times, you know, coming out, you know, how they change. I don't know if you've been watching, but a lot of times they'll have two lefties or two righties on the ice just because they, they like to have. So if it's in the first period, right? And you're the, uh, the right D, when the left defenseman comes on, the right defenseman takes the left D. If the right defenseman hasn't changed yet. And then what happens is in the course of the play, then the right defenseman who still wants to change, he'll slide over to the left side. And that new right defenseman just came on, goes to the right side because then that guy's close to the bench. And they do that both ways. So now if the right defenseman changed first, then they don't do it. I know if they change the same time, obviously not. But so, you know, you do see him at times out there with Ekholm, uh, out there with Kulak, right? Sometimes there's the odd ship. Very rarely you'll see him sometimes out with, uh, with Bouchard, but. Um, it is something that, that I've noticed and they do it a lot and, and they quite like it. So yeah, I, I think Darnell Nurse is, is a player that when he plays like he did in, in November to January, like, trust me, this show for years, like you get lots of texts. It was crickets online everywhere. There's no one complaining because there was nothing to complain. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. About. He was that good. And they need him to get back to that. Whatever he did in November to January, find that game again, and he can be a difference maker for their team. But he has to get there. And he's shown he's capable of doing it. And you know what? If he had a little blip in February, whatever, that's the time to have it. You'd much rather have the blip there than in late April or May. So that's what's going to have to happen. Hey, guys, I have zero issue with Holland's roster construction or trades. I think he's been awesome for the orders. Where I do have issues is drafting has been terrible. And the only reason we're uh, looking to make all these moves is because his drafts have not panned out from a uh, Hontorio Moms. Well, you know what? I-, I think there's, I think there's some fairness in that statement, right? Um, now I still don't think Broberg's a bust. I want to be on record as saying that. I don't think he's a bust. He hasn't panned out as quick as they would like. Fair. Uh, I think the organization probably didn't, didn't do him any great services last year, keeping him as the number seven. I probably would have been like, no, no, no. He's playing more. Because then this year he probably would have been played all the time. But um, it's one where if you look at the 19 draft and say, hey, if they would have taken another forward instead, you know, could that have helped him? Valid, right? The guy that I pushed for was Matt Boldy. I, not Zegras. I wanted Matt Boldy because the Edmonton had the two centers who would pass the puck. They needed a shooter. And that's uh, what I found Boldy was. Hey, Cole Caulfield, a lot of people like, eh, I'd still take Boldy over Caulfield if it's me personally. But... Uh, that's how it goes. The, uh, you know, the, the 2020 draft, obviously so far, um, you know, Dylan Holloway hasn't panned out. Injuries have played a, a factor, no question. But yeah, um, you know what? Uh, there's other guys, like the guys who, who were taken after him, you know, Dawson Mercer was taking four picks after him. Um, you know, you get a little bit later on like that. It's, you know, I, I don't think anybody, you know, nobody else thought that Jake Neighbors was going to be in the top 20, and he wasn't, right? So other than than Mercer, I'm not sure there's a guy in that draft that you could say right after, oh, that's who they should have taken, right? Like Jake Neighbors has had a good stretch here with St. Louis, but I don't think anybody's going to reach there. And had had they taken Jake Neighbors, who was an Edmonton Oil Kings player, people would have been freaking out anyway at the time. So um, if you want to say Mercer, and I think it was Wood Guy at the time, who, uh, if you know, he said, hey, that's the guy I would have taken. It's easy after the fact, but at the time, he's the one guy that I remember saying, hey, he liked Mercer. And uh, so far, that is, uh, he's been proven right on that. Um, you get after that, like, you know, people are mad about the, uh, the Borgo draft, but that Borgo draft wasn't going to impact the orders right now. 
right? Fair if you say, hey, they just should have taken some people really like the defenseman. I'm sorry, not the defenseman, the, uh, the goaltender, right? I get it. Right? They're like, man, they traded down two spots. I could have had him. Okay, sure, right? And I'm talking about uh, Wallstead, right? But Wallstead, I don't think right now, like he's played one NHL game and didn't have big, he's not in it. He wouldn't, you wouldn't go into the playoffs with Wallstead and Skinner, let's be honest, right? So that one wouldn't help you. So those two drafts, yeah. Um, if, if you say you would have liked something a little bit better that would have paid immediate dividends, there's, uh, there's some validity there. That is uh, that is fair. Um, so I, I do agree. I think his his free agents um, overall, there's been way more better good signings than bad. Right? No one has a perfect record. Right? The the problem is the Campbell one has been awful. Right? It's been awful. Like if it was like if Jack Campbell was just the backup, you'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, he's the backup making five mil, but at least he's the backup and he's playing. Like you could. You can live with it because your starter makes 2.6. You're still only 7.6. It's like, okay, they're, they've kind of switched roles, but they're both competent. Okay. But he's not even on the team. That's the problem. So that is, uh, I think, uh, I think totally fair. Hey, Gregor, uh, Borgo could have been a pick that held more value that the, they could have traded away instead of in, trading away future picks. Well, what do you mean? They had to make the pick. Like, it was number 20. What do you mean? Like, they moved down and they got an extra pick out of it. Like, you're talking moving it at the deadline instead. But remember what year that was. There was no trades to be made. Right? That was the year, the 2021. There wasn't any trades made, man. Right? That was the, Canada, Edmonton was in the Canadian division. Right? That's the only year Ken Holland's only made one trade at the deadline. Made three in, in 20, one in 21, two in 22, and uh, three last year. And I include three because, yes, they didn't get a player back to help uh, on the roster for the SFOERB, but it freed up money to get Bugstad and Ekholm. And so you have to include it. It's three trades. It's pretty important. Coming up next hour, Craig Button will uh, join us. Uh, Wanya Gretz will be the guy. We got uh, Speck. Uh, the uh, Oilers, of course, uh, currently are in the air on the way to Seattle. They'll play an afternoon game uh, tomorrow. Stuart Skinner will start tomorrow. Calvin Pickard will start at home against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's also playing back-to-back, so uh, there's a good chance it'll be the battle of the backups. Uh, Tristan Jari starting in Calgary, and uh, you could see Nijelkovic up against Pickard on Sunday. So maybe that's a small part of it, but I really don't think. I think it was more the coach was looking at his team, looking at his goaltenders, and he's really liked Stuart Skinner's game as of late, and they looked at practice time and rest and everything else, and so... You know what? Uh, Skinner will play the afternoon game, and they'll have Pickard going on Sunday night. And then the orders uh, head out on a four-game road trip with uh, stops in Boston, Columbus, Buffalo, and Pittsburgh. Three teams for sure you have a good chance to win again. Nothing's a guarantee. But the orders have done quite well against the uh, the bottom teams in the NHL. Let's get to the con, man. Sports 1440 update brought to you by Fountain Tires. More than just tires. Got any issues on your car? They can help you out. So book your tire change there, but also book your vehicle to get fixed. FountainTire.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. 
Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.